Uh, welcome into a brand new Friday scramble. It is May 20th, 2022, the Friday of the PGA Championship. This is Storylines, Live Bets, Props. I'm Rick Gaiman, that right there, Andy Lack. And Andy, oh boy, we are having ourselves some fun. What a tournament so far. I mean, I think this course has delivered in every way possible. Um, you know, I... I'm very curious to see Rick, how it continues to play as, as the tournament progresses. Uh, but man, so far through, I guess, day one and a quarter, it's a, it's an a plus on all accounts for me. Yeah. So before we even talk about the conditions, the course itself, Southern Hills, I like the way it adds a little bit of randomness. It adds a little bit of volatility. You know, if you, Miss a green, there's a chance you kind of roll into one of these one of these bunkers, which we can talk about in a second, or these tight lies around the greens. And then uh, I guess with the type of bunkers that they have, more like small pebbles, these, these guys are having a really difficult time kind of judging shots out of there. So it's adding a lot more volatility um, through just very simple means. Right, right. Isn't it wild when hazards actually play as hazards? Um, I, I just... I'm so glad you said that because how often do you see a guy hit a shot and they yell, get in the bunker, right? Because they know that is a much better situation. They can they can get spin on it. They can stop. It. They can basically do whatever they want out of bunker. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. Right. Is That's so well said because, you know, I think the shots around the greens was a huge talking point for not just you and I, but I think everyone this week about how you're going to have to hit the types of around the green shots that you're going to have to hit at Southern Hills, whether it be from one of those bunkers or from one of those tight lies off of the shaved areas are going to be a lot different from the types of shots that you're used to seeing PGA tour pros have to hit um, on a weekly basis. And what's funny to me is, is you can tell, right? Like this is, it's got to be the most frustrated I've seen Scotty Scheffler on a on a golf course before uh, ever, right? <laughs> and and I think that's because these guys are being made uncomfortable on this golf course, which you don't see a lot of uncomfortability too much on the PGA Tour. And I think four times a year, we are entitled to watch these guys just get a little bit uncomfortable. Add in the fact that there are very claustrophobic uh like tea and green areas like that where it gets backed up at like six and seven where you're kind of waiting around that adds another layer to it and oh by the way andy uh the wind this morning uh certainly causing these guys some mental anguish as well right and i think the perfect balance of this rick is that yes we talk about how these guys are uncomfortable the course isn't unfair this is playing Probably on, you know, somewhere in between an easier U.S. Open and a super, super hard PGA championship. I think the prediction of a winning score that we had between like minus four and minus nine at the beginning of the week with maybe, I don't know, nine guys, seven to nine guys under par. Like, I'm feeling pretty darn good about that, right? Like, the fairways are wide. We are seeing guys get a ton of rollout um, from these fairways and hit like 380, 400 yard drives. 
my prediction, one thing I harped on this week was you're going to see a lot more wedges on this golf course than people seem to be talking, right? So the course in itself is not unfair by any means, even with the elements. You can still go out there and score, uh, but it has this kind of perfect mix of balance in the sense that you can go completely in both directions, right? Like a 67 is there, but a couple missteps and a 77 is right there uh, waiting to bite you as well, which I think is the most enjoyable type of golf, in my opinion. Yeah, being a little out of position uh, can hurt you in a, in a big way, but if you're playing from the right spots, there's there's some scores out there. Uh, Riku says, good morning to my favorite golf podcast duo. Wow. Have you met Riku in person? Have you met? Riku? Yeah, we, yeah, we met at, we met at Tori. Okay. Right. Okay. Good, good, good. I didn't know. I've seen Riku at Tori a couple of times. I wanted to make sure one of the times was, uh, when you and I were there. He's such, he's a good yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's a man. He's a good dude. Um, let's talk about the top of the board real quick because, uh, Rory McElroy and Justin Thomas, uh, playing in different waves. Justin Thomas out on the golf course playing his second round right now. Rory's not going to tee off until later. We joked about this earlier, Andy, where, um, these guys have just been lumped together all week long. Right, their their ownerships uh, in fantasy came in within like uh, very close to one another. Or at least their one and done ownership did within like a tenth of a percentage. Um, it was a matchup that we had earlier in the week when I entered my one and done. I stared at these two and I was like, "Oh my god, uh, I, I could flip a coin here." And of course, of course, as we are getting into the second round here, uh, they're together again this time near the top of the leaderboard. Yes, they these guys were one number one and number two in my model this week. These guys were the two big bets that I made this week. So uh, I feel pretty good about the way things stand today. Uh, here's what I'll say, and I guess I'll start with Rory. I've heard a kind of a wide variety of takes on Rory this week. I think you it almost feels like there's two extremes with Rory where some of the stats with Rory say, okay, I think he's like three for 19 in closing tournaments out after he's hold, held the first round lead. Um, I think the last like 12 times that he's held the first round lead, he hasn't gone on to win. And then there's this other side of Rory, the Rory takes where it's like, oh, this time it feels different. You know, half of his major championships were won by eight. He does have this reputation sometimes where he's a front runner in certain respects. And where I stand on Rory is kind of in the middle. He's not going away. He's not winning this tournament by eight strokes either, right? The depth of the PGA Tour now in 2022 is far greater than when Rory was winning majors by eight strokes in 2012 and 2014. Um, he's going to be there. He's going to be relevant on Sunday. He's going to be relevant in this tournament, uh, you know, for the rest of the way. Uh, but I think with with these two guys, with Rory, um, JT's probably the more impressive one, right? Wouldn't you say? Because he's doing it in what appears to be the harder wave advantage. Yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see if and when these wins kind of die down a little bit and what that wave advantage uh, ends up being. But yes, it feels a lot like that. I can never remember if it was sat the, the it was like the second round at the players, which I think they played on Saturday, um, where he went out and shot like a bogey free four under round in the wind, wrong end of the draw. He was magnificent. Now, 
immediately after that, when things got pristine for the final round or two, JT was nowhere to be found. It's almost like he gets locked in when he really has to hit all the shots, right? When he's got to really talk it through with Bones and I've got to play this little three-yard cut or I've got to swing it around here. It's almost like he's more engaged in those situations where I don't want to say this is better for him to be playing in these conditions, but it, it like that's the way I feel because we just saw this what two months ago. He said that too, right? And it's Look, like, oh man, I, I just yeah, I just wish that they would just give us Bones and JT mic'd up yeah. uh, the whole time. I would pay a lot of money to watch that. But yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think the idea of when you're put in a position where you have to play golf and not golf swing uh, can be beneficial for a lot of these guys. JT is a very technical player. He's very technical sound swing. I think he has, you know, a golf swing that I've, I've always tried to emulate, but you're right. What makes JT when JT appears to be at his best is when he's put in a position where he has to hit golf shots and not make golf swings. Uh, and, you know, I'm still, I'm curious to see how, this afternoon wave pays out. I'm curious to see how much of the advantage, how much of an advantage it actually ends up being to me. It's, it's playing like, did you think scoring this morning would be, are you, do you think it's easier than you thought? Or do you think it's a little bit harder than you thought or kind of right? What you expected as of right now, I think it's easier. And the only reason right. that I say that is because uh, if so, right now we're at a two point nine. All day right. yesterday we were at a two point eight. Now the morning was a two three, and the afternoon was a three three. So there was a one shot difference. But um, I would have expected, especially since when I woke up and saw they had not mown, they did not <laughs> mow the greens because it was going to be too windy today. I was I was more expecting three and a half four shots over par uh, when when the scoring averages started to roll in. We haven't seen that yet. So it, I, I think it's actually playing easier than expected, but I, I think we are probably going to end up with a, sh a shot, maybe a yeah. shot and a half difference, something like that. Yes, yes. I agree with you 100%. I think that even with the wind dying down this afternoon, the other thing that we have to remember is the course always gets firmed up in the afternoon. There's just more foot traffic and stuff like that. So if it's playing this morning to a 2.8, like, yeah, maybe it plays a little bit earlier in the afternoon. I mean, a little bit easier in the afternoon, but I don't think it's going to be super sizable by any means. I think we're still probably, probably going to be looking at like a plus four, plus five cut, right? Something around there. Yeah, let me plus see what data is, golf says. Plus four is the favorite right now. Plus five uh, would be is like thirty percent. Uh, yeah, so I think, uh, and it also a little bit of it depends on. So like the 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 expectation is that winds will not go away, but calm down, and it kind of depends when that happens. Is it going to be the final nine holes of the day? Is it going to be the entire afternoon? Wait, that's going to impact it. But I I'm going to guess we will with the way we're trending right now. It'll be like a shot and a quarter or a shot and a half advantage to be the AM PM wave. How many guys, two questions for you. How many guys under par at the end of the day and how, what is the lead? Ooh. Okay. So, uh, let's see. 
under par for the tournament or just for today? Oh, uh, tournament. Okay, so there are currently, and there are some guys out there right now, 24 under par. I think we'll have uh, like 16. Yeah, I was going to say 14. And then I think the lead will be... This could be this could be one of those days where it just like stays at five under, mm-hmm. right? Like I was going to say out, minus six. I think if, Rory shoots one under today. Yeah, if Rory shoots one under or even, he's going to gain multiple shots on the field, and unless Zalatoris or Hoagie go out and then shoot, they'd have to gain like four or four and a half strokes on the field to get to like six. Like if 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 you let Rory sign for a five right now, he should take it. I 100% agree. And right, I think the only thing that I was looking at is you have this big group at minus two of Mito, Xander, Cameron Smith, Kevin Na, Davis Riley. Is what can one of them shoot? One of those guys, probably the two most likely answers are Xander and Cam Smith. I was going to say, hopefully it's Mito and Davis Riley for my (laughs) uh, fantasy purposes. (laughs) Can one of those guys shoot 67 or 66? Yeah, I think one of those guys is is going to go under par, certainly. But I agree with you. I think minus five, minus six feels safe. I mean, Fitzpatrick and Neiman are playing great. They're hanging around. It still feels like if they can get to the clubhouse, you know, play the back nine and, and even par, they'll be they'll be pretty happy. Yeah, we'll continue this conversation. We haven't even talked about Tiger. I want to talk into I want to talk about kind of the differences between what I saw from Tiger and Rory on Thursday, which I think is 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 pretty significant because I it, it relates to how they're trying to attack Southern Hills. So I want to get your thoughts on that. But we are going to release the props. So the four props that we have chosen, and these lines have been moving. In fact, Andy, one of yours I had to move, uh, okay. which we'll get to in a second. But the four that we have chosen. If they all go out and find victory, it is a 12 and a half times return on your investment. So the code you're looking for is Rick over at Prize Picks. There's a link in the description. We'll release those props on the other side. Andy Lack is not only the co-host of The Scramble, but also produces his own show, The Inside Golf Podcast. It's available twice a week, focusing on course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategies for every PGA Tour event. Admittedly, I was drawn to Andy for his data-driven approach, which you'll find on his Sunday shows as he breaks down the field. But I'm even more impressed by his passion for course architecture, which offers a different perspective of our great game. Mix those together with insightful and humorous guests who don't take themselves too seriously, and you've got a recipe for a great podcast. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. Okay, Andy, let's prop it like it's hot here. We have scoured everything at Price Picks, which I will admit, there are a lot of pretty interesting options. We've got birdies or better, strokes, greens and regulation, fairways hit. I, I like the, the front nine and the back nine scores that are available for Tiger. I like that they had basically what was the to make the cut stuff uh, before the event started. So some good creativity here from the guys over at Prize Picks, but they, they're scrambling, dude. I mean, I, I feel like I've seen them adjust the, the lines, especially for strokes, multiple times in the last 12 hours just because they're trying to play meteorologists like we are. Right. And there's been a uh, hole by hole stuff. Have they even had the whole, when I looked last night and I did it, the one guy that they had 
whole stuff for was Tiger. I, I haven't seen it today, but I saw it for round one. I think 13 was one of the holes, and I can't remember the other one. But yeah, they've got they've had hole-by-hole stuff, so we'll see if that makes an appearance uh, either later or this weekend. But the four that we have, 12 and a half times return, I had to adjust. Actually, one of your lines got better, one got worse, and one of mine got worse. So here are the props. There they are, in all their glory. Uh, your Tom Hoagie line, Andy... Uh, you got a half a stroke better, and okay. your Xander Shoffley line got a half a birdie worse. So let's start with Xander. Okay. So Xander made four birdies yesterday. Um, the game looked really solid. Um, I'm feeling pretty decent about my uh, Rory over Xander in a playoff prediction that I made on the <laughs> first cup podcast on Wednesday. Um, he gained over half a stroke in all four major categories which is exactly what I want to see in terms of staying power on a leaderboard during a major championship. A lot of times we talk about how we want to see somebody spiking at something. It's like at a major, I kind of want to see you be gaining across the board because majors tend to do the best job of exposing any flaw in your game. And when Xander is at his peak, he is plus two in every single category. He is plus three in every single category, right? That is why he has racked up all of, that's why he's finished in the top 10 and nearly 50% of the majors that he's played in. And that's what he started to do again, is he started to gain in all four categories. So I just found the number to be uh, a little bit low. I mean, I think he can make three birdies out there, maybe more for sure. Yeah. What's kind of interesting is while the course is playing over par, there are still birdies to be made. I mean, you're seeing it out there, right? You're seeing guys shoot four over and make three or four birdies uh, just because there's a lot of bogeys. You, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard, but I think the birdies are better as I was kind of scrolling through them. And I didn't find any that I loved. the Xander one uh, caught my attention. I think those are maybe the most exploitable ones because they're not as correlated with with the round score as sometimes we get. I agree. Look at what Cam Smith did yesterday. And Cam, yeah. Adam Scott, who I've been unfortunately uh, not had the pleasure of tracking this week, but have been forced to. Sure. Uh, he, he, yeah, he Adam Scott's like led the field in birdies. Adam Scott's made like eight, nine birdies. He's also, he has also a quadruple bogey in there, but yeah, you, you can, you can go out and score here. Um, you're going to give some strokes back for sure. This is kind of a, a death by a thousand paper cuts course. There's, there's just, there's trouble on every hole and you can get it going in the wrong way too. But I agree with you. I was looking more closely at the birdies. Cam Smith shot a two under 68 in round one with seven birdies. So they, they are, they are available. The bogeys are also available, uh, but the birdies are available. Um, I tweeted this out last night. It was 11 and a half greens in regulation for Will Zalatoris. It's been adjusted to 12. I still like it. Uh, He hit 15 greens yesterday, despite not particularly driving it all that well. And uh, when you are a top 10 PGA tour player in greens and regulation, uh, you know, strokes gained approach. When that is your best skill set, you don't drive it well. You still hit 15 greens. You are likely to be on the better side of the draw this afternoon. Uh, uh, like I'm in, 
I love it. Like Zalatoris was the bet. Like I'm so glad he missed the cut last week. I am thrilled about him. I don't know if it, it's so hard to get your first win, have it being a major championship and likely having to outduel Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy and anybody else that wants to step up, but un, unreal impressed with Will Zalatoris. You know, what's so interesting about Zalatoris is the hitch is alive and well. Right. Like I said, you notice it, it is as alive and well as it's ever been with that being said, like he's becoming one of the most elite lag putters in the world. I'm trying, it's such a stark dichotomy rig. I'm trying, can you think of any NBA player that is like on, that is an unbelievable three point shooter and cannot shoot a free throw because that's what it seems like with Will Zalatoris. I can't imagine uh, they exist, but yeah, that's, that's what it would be. It would be like if Steph Curry, the greatest three point shooter of all time was 50% from the free throw line instead of the 92% or whatever that he actually is. <laughs> I, I, I think it just seems like he, on these longer putts, it, it frees up his stroke a little bit and he, it doesn't seem like he has to worry about being so technical. They're going in right? Like he missed one short putt yesterday, but most of the time, like they are going in. It's just the kind of thing like we've talked about with Spieth, with the new pre-shot routine with Spieth is like, you just have to get past the eye test with him because you watch it and it looks terrible. The other thing is, uh, like, I think they're going to figure that out. I don't know what the Mm solution is going to be, but they're going to figure that out. And Zalatoris is going to be like super scary. Like if I could buy stock in five for the next five years of a lot of guys, Zalatoris would be very close to the top of the list. Hundred percent, could not agree more. Is he the new like major guy? Is he the new? Because he's talked about before how he's yeah talked about how more difficult setups are better for his game. Is he the new kind of plug and play at majors guy? Uh, well, his record shows yes. His uh, statements say yes. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, the, the parts of his game that he's best at are generally the things that can separate you on harder golf courses and major championships are generally played on harder golf courses. So like it, it passes the sniff test, but yeah, man, he's, it's very impressive what all he's been able to accomplish without the win still. Right. It's so do you last question and then we'll move on to the rest of the props. Do you see him being a type of guy that could get his first win in a major? It's it's tough. I really don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to do. And I don't, like how many pressure pressure situations have we seen him in? Luke List play off at Farmers, which we were there for, and he did not necessarily rise to the occasion. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to say he choked it away, but he didn't necessarily rise to the occasion. Has he been like truly in the heat of the battle? I mean, he finished what runner up at the Masters, but DJ was five ahead, six ahead the whole time. I'm yeah, it was to- the it was the Hideki year too, and Hideki. It was really only Xander that had that chance. Zalatoris was, I mean, he was he was in contention, but it wasn't really, you know, it was more it it, it was more Hideki in the driver's seat for most of that Sunday, if I remember correctly. 
So I want to say yes, but I don't have any real evidence of that. Yeah. How about this for uh, from Andy M in the chat? Bruce, Bruce Bowen shot 44% for threes and 40% from three free throw line in one season. That's, that's unbelievable. Right. If true. That's- that's, that's unbelievable. That's, that's the Will Zalatoris comp right there, Bruce Bowen. Uh, right. Tom Hoagie going over 71 and a half strokes. Andy, this one actually adjusted in your favor. So it was 72 in the outline. I just checked and I, I can check again to make sure it's still there. But um, yeah, I'm still seeing Tom Hoagie 71 and a half. You'll take the over. I will. Hoagie had a great round yesterday. The irons were awesome, as they typically are with Hoagie. Um I do expect the putter to come back down to earth a little bit. He gained almost three strokes putting yesterday. Um, and it's more just a like, how much staying power does Tom Hoagie have on the leaderboard of a major championship? He's played in seven majors in his career, never finished better than 39th. Um, so I just think that he will come back down to earth a little bit as this leaderboard starts to mature. Um, by the way, Like shooting 72 this afternoon, like that's not even a bad round. You're probably going to gain strokes on the field. You're (laughs) gaining strokes on the field, right? So if Tom Hoagie is field average this afternoon, then I am probably going to win. And I think Tom Hoagie is going to be field average tomorrow. So I love that one. Uh, Speaking of field average, I took the over on Tiger's Opening nine holes, holes one through nine, 37 and a half is the number front nine playing 2.1 over par right now. So that would be 37.1. So we're basically getting close to the number that we're asking Tiger to shoot uh, in his opening round. This is, I think it's important that he's going off of number one, Andy, because if we think as the evening goes on or as the afternoon goes on, the wins continue to decrease he will obviously be playing the front nine while wins are worse than his second nine if you believe they're going to just continue to trail off i'm not sure he looked all that good yesterday you know i thought it was a little bit concerning in his post-round presser that he was kind of discussing he wasn't expecting kind of this much pain this early the short game was not good like i I said I've said all week long I didn't want to tie myself to four rounds of Tiger Woods because I wanted to see round by round and use that information and I'm trying to use it right now. Okay, yeah. So let's let's talk about Tiger for a second. Were you surprised, Rick, to see? It almost felt like he played was playing the golf course the way he won in 2007. I was shocked to see how few drivers it's, he was playing it like he's playing Harbor town. It's like tiger. And I'm, I'm never going to like question tiger's course management, but were you surprised to see him hit so few drivers yesterday? Yes, I was. I was too. Me too. I want to talk about it because this is the contrast to Rory McElroy that I want to get to, but this is a larger conversation. So here's what you're going to do. Uh, you're going to use the code Rick. It's uh, instant deposit match over at Prize Pick. There is a link in the description. Go enter these four, win 12 and a half times, return on your money, and take advantage of all the other great props that are coming from Prize Picks. I want to talk about Tiger and how it looks, uh, especially as he was playing with Rory McElroy, but we're going to talk about that in 30 seconds. If you're not playing daily fantasy on Prize Picks, then you're not really playing daily fantasy. They offer nothing but props and they do it better than anyone else. You pick two to five players 
players on an over under and can win up to 10 times on any entry. They allow mixed sport entries, meaning you can take the over on LeBron James and the under on John Rahm. The golf specific props are amazing. Birdies or better, fairways hit, greens in regulation, round score, and now, yes, single hole props. That's right. What score will a golfer make on a specific hole? I have prize pick specific tools on my website to help you build the best entries. And now prize picks is offering a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just use the code Rick at sign up or click the link in the description. That's code Rick. Good luck. I thought Tiger's strategy off the tee was a rare strategic mistake. And I thought it was magnified by what Rory McIlroy was doing, literally driving it 100 yards further in some situations than Tiger was. And I don't expect Tiger to gain two strokes off the tee like Rory did, but you cannot, Andy, lay up into the rough. Like that is that is layup 101, isn't it? In any situation... Uh, on a par five, if you're laying up off the tip, you, you cannot lay up into the rough. That stud, that stuck out to me big time as well. I think on 12 was a hole where Rory had like 90 yards in and Tiger had almost 200 yards in. I was very surprised as well. And I, I'm not going to, you know, there's many times where I hit my driving iron off the tee on wide fairways too, if I'm just not comfortable with the driver. But you have to kind of want, because, you know, Tigers, he's not, he's lost distance, of course, but he's still not super short off the tee. And you have to imagine that if the driver was working, he would still be able to take advantage of this course off the tee the way that we're seeing a lot of players be able to take advantage of this course off the tee. I, I don't know, Rick. It, it might, it, it seemed like his body was really strained yesterday i mean he was he yeah. was drenched in sweat in his post round um press conference i think both of us what did we say was our pr- official prediction i think we both were kind of in the camp of we kind of have the same expectations for the masters right like he's we think he's probably going to make the cup, but we don't really see him finishing inside the top 40 right probably something like yeah. that which for, for sure. So I, I, uh, I actually invested in him making the cut and yeah. then assuming he was going to get worse on the weekend that started out great. He was like two under early. And then, yeah, it just, if he's four over in rounds one or shoots a 74, like I'm worried. I I'm not, I'm not confident he's going to make the cut. I did not like what I saw. Do you think that he like, is he just going to hit driver today or is he going to try to hit these stingers off the tee and see if he can find a fairway? Like, does he change his strategy at all? Uh, I think he'll probably going to hit more drivers today. Um, but I don't know how much, I mean, tiger, he is so disciplined. Uh, that has always been like the trademark of his career. Like he is just, he knows how to play within himself and play within his game. The, the difference here is that usually that turns out to be a, an advantage on a lot of the courses that he comes by. And I, and I don't know how much of an advantage you are getting from taking a more conservative approach on this golf course off the tee. 
Um, you know, I think what would need to happen is if you're going to take that, that type of approach off the tee, you would need to be really, really good with your irons. Um, and really, really good from that kind of range of like 150 to 225. And Tiger hasn't, Tiger wasn't good enough from that range uh, in round one. But I would expect, yeah, I think he probably hits a couple more drivers. But I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see. What do you think? Do you think he kind of changes course a little bit in the afternoon? Nope. I think yeah. that <laughs> Tiger does Tiger. And it's not like he woke up on Thursday morning and was like, I'm going to hit a bunch of stingers off the tee. He believes that's the play, obviously. And whether it, whether it came out in the scouting trips or whatever it is, uh, I I think he continues with with the with the strategy and hope and hope he just hits more fairways because you can't be a hundred yards behind your playing competitors and in the rough. And and once you're out of position, it, it's easy to make a lot of birdies. And he did. And once he started hitting it out of position off the tee, he made a lot of bogeys. It's just very easy to do. So no, I don't think it's going to change. And he will, um, he will live and die by playing out of the fairway on on Friday. And he will live and die by not losing two strokes around the green, which is what he did on Thursday. Does this change for you at all your bullishness about him at a course like St Andrews at an at the Open Championship this year? Because I think that seems to be the venue that a lot of people are saying is tiger's best chance to win. But I, I maybe see it a little bit differently in my early, early breakdowns of St. Andrews. That to me is a course that to me is going to be an extremely driver heavy course this year. I mean, it's open depends on the elements and the conditions that we get, but does this performance from Tiger, just kind of on a macro level in a vacuum. Does that change how you feel about him in the other two majors going forward? Maybe, but I, I just think it, it just reminds me that he is still very much at the mercy of his body and how mm -hmm. he feels that morning, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be, he could be feeling strong. He's talked about this before. He could be feeling very strong and the game could be sharp and if you wake up thursday morning or friday morning and it's it's not as good as you thought and the legs really bothering you in different ways like it's obviously going to impact your your golf game so i, I think mm -hmm. that this is a reminder that um there are added variables to tiger's game that are body related mm -hmm. yeah i mean what is more what is more surprising to you, like Tiger or Brooks, for example? Dude, Brooks has got like the best round of the day going right now, by the Whole, way. It was like, is he more under par now too? Yeah, he's gonna make he's like gonna make the cut now. So he is he oh is my gosh, three. Minus three. Yeah. Okay. Um Rom's so, playing well too. Who is? Rom. Oh Rom. Okay. Yeah, um, Rom will be fine. I would, I guess I'm more surprised at, I guess, Tiger. I mean, it's a good question, but I mean, Brooks, I was, he's playing well, which is great to see. I, I thought the WD last week was a concern. There are more and more just rumblings of this hip being a bigger issue than he's kind of leading on. And there might be a procedure done in his future. I, um, so I don't know. I, I was pretty low on Brooks. I'm, I'm, it looks like he's going to make the cut. And I hope he makes a run, but I think honestly, just kind of relative to what I was expecting, I was more bullish on Tiger coming into the week. 
That's what I was going to say too, because I watched Brooks yesterday and to me yesterday, Brooks looks hurt. Brooks looked kind of hurt to me. Uh, But now, you know, that's awesome. That's great that he's getting, that it appears that he's going to make the cut. I think probably God, it's got to be Cantlay, right? Cantlay has got to be the biggest, like, what are we doing here? Right. Man. He's so good in everything but major championships. And he's just never – some of these he doesn't even sniff the cut. Some he doesn't sn- – I mean, it's a shame. I love him, love the game, but it's it's kind of just bizarre. Is Cantlay James Harden? <laughs> like when he gets – I mean, regular the- season, regular season, he's going to put up almost 30 points a game. He's got an MVP. <laughs> but when he gets to the playoffs, it's a different story. And he crumbles. It's an interesting, it's an interesting comp. I mean, I like, what is it though? I, I just don't, is it mental? Is it, is it just, is it just randomness? Are we seeing a bunch of outliers? I don't know. I mean, this is 20 major championships now. It's so weird to me too, because my perception of Cantlay's game is that it is the type of game that should fare really, really well in major championships. Yet the results don't really back it up. The vast majority of his best appearances have actually come at like pretty easy golf courses. I mean, he's won at Memorial and stuff like that too. He's contended in a masters before he, he was in the mix at Beth page at a major, but like the vast majority of his best finishes have come on, you know, easier golf courses. Um, to me, what I think about when I see something like that is, is it a mental thing? Is it a preparation thing? I mean, all these guys talk so much about how the week of a major championship is just so different and you're mm-hmm. going to be thrown off of your routine. It's just a different vibe. It's a different feel. Do you think it maybe is something That's like that? Because I had never put that together before, but I know he is he is probably the most routine-oriented guy on tour. I'm not even kidding. He right. wakes up every single day and does the exact same thing. Like Whether it is a tournament, he is just a routine guy. And he sticks yeah. to it, and he's stuck to it basically since he had that back injury, and it's like the same thing every single day. That's interesting. I do wonder if maybe it's the hoopla or just how different everything is. It kind of throws him off a bit. It could, yeah, you know, it could be that. But at the same time, you want to talk about the tournament with, and I was there. I I followed him all four days. You want to talk about the tournament that throws you off uh, your routine the most? Man, he was good at the Ryder Cup. Which is like the, which is like the most, which is the players will say is like, they feel is the most pressure packed situation. Um, Let me ask you this at what point, and the answer might be, we're already there, but at what right now? Yeah. I was going to ask you at what point with Cantlay, do you start to say, okay, maybe he's not the guy that we think he is. And and we, and in terms of the best player in the world conversation, we have to treat it a little bit with the asterisk. Like what does, what needs to happen? Cause this is a wash. He's not making the cut here. What needs to happen at Brookline or St. Andrews from, for Cantlay for you in your mind for him as a player. Realistically, we're probably at that point, but yeah, but I, I say that, but I know that, 
that's not true. Like if he wins twice a year and makes a deep run in the playoffs every year and shows us these peak performances, and maybe sometimes he does it at hard courses and maybe sometimes he does it at easy courses. Like I will just, I will just fall into this trap over and over and over again. Yeah. And the interesting thing too, is like, I think we get a, a little hasty because we were spoiled with what happened with Spieth. We were spoiled with what happened with Colin Morikawa. But the reality of the situation is Phil Mickelson won his first major championship at 32 years old. Dustin Johnson won his first major championship at 32 years old. The only difference was where that Phil and DJ were there in majors before. Wow. They were contending. Kale is not even sniffing it. Yeah, he's missed a lot of cuts. He's missed a lot yeah. of cuts, which is worrisome. Um, I want to do a look at the uh, live odds. I want to talk about our one and done situation because it's kind of interesting. Where I think we're very much on a on fair footing heading into Friday's round. So we are going to talk about that uh, right after a quick break. I've recently started using Juice Reel as a way to track all my bets in real time. Since I can sync the app to all my sports books, I don't miss any wager and I've learned a ton more about my betting habits. There are built-in line shopping features, so I know that I'm always getting the best lines available, and once the game starts, I can see the value of my bets fluctuate in real time with the scoring so that I always have an understanding of my expected value. The performance analytics have made me much more knowledgeable about the bets that I have the most success at, hint, top tens, and there's no going back for me. Download the Juice Reel app with the link in the description. Okay, Andy, you and I, in terms of the one and done on very even footing, because our golfers, you for Jordan Spieth, myself for Hideki Matsuyama, are both playing in this playing this afternoon. They are both two over par. They are both teeing off within 30 minutes of one another. I'm not excited, but it's a fair fight. Yeah. I mean, did I didn't get to watch a ton of Hideki yesterday. Did you feel like he looked strained at all with the injury, or he just kind of had a bad round of golf? I didn't think so. I th I thought he played all right. I I think he I think yeah. he didn't. He had a lot of, early in his round. It felt like he had a lot of looks to get under par. Didn't mm -hmm. make any of them, and just kind of got a little sloppy on his second nine. But I didn't think it was too bad. Um, I mean, technically, I guess both he and Spieth gained strokes to the field. Uh, but no, I did not see anything where I was like, oh, he's hurt. I'm so worried. Like I didn't see any of that. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think, you know, I, I still think we should be feeling pretty good about both our guys making the cut famous last words. Right. But you know, with Spieth, like every Friday morning we do this <laughs> Spieth had the JT, by the way, just birdied the par him. five. He's minus five. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's um, awesome. Spieth, uh, Spieth kind of had the round that I kind of was worried Rory was going to have where you get thrown into this situation. I mean, I woke up, Rick, on Thursday morning. It was the most excited I've been to watch golf in a really long time. Like, you want to talk about a group with juice, right? And traditionally, that feels like a Rory flat spot, right? You know, you think of Royal Portrush. It's like you got Tiger and Spieth, and it's, these are the three biggest names in golf right now, and and that's kind of what it felt like with speed that just, it didn't feel like the juice was there. <laughs> um, and I think today is going to be even more 
it's going to be even, you know, it's going to be even more of a zoo, don't you think? Right? Because yeah, well, Rory has been the leaderboard at a major in eight years, so that alone is like juice enough. And then he's playing with Tiger and Speed. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm interested to see what Speed does because usually those are the situations that I I kind of want Speed more than Rory, but it feels like Rory has been the one that's rose to the occasion a little bit more. Uh, if Aaron Wise somehow wins this, I will be just devastated and thrilled. I will use it and validate all of the Aaron Wise conversation that I've had for the past six months, but I will have lost so much money and not been a part of the eventual win that it will drive me crazy. Well, I hope you, I played him. I'm not sitting here with an Aaron okay. Wise outright ticket, but he's in my DraftKings pool. I, d- I hope you played a little 68 yeah. of him. I, 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 yeah, I did. So hopefully it's like T3 is like right. the ideal scenario, I think. Right. Yeah. Scheffler, by the way, just got another birdie. Last question. What do you think about DJ? Just is he, is he a different guy now? Okay. So, uh, I'm not sure we're there yet, but there is okay. going to be a time that Dustin Johnson like starts to get worse at golf, right? He's won every year for a dozen years and has, you know, 20, I mean, he's had just unbelievable hall of fame career. There's obviously going to be a time where he naturally as an athlete gets worse. I don't think we're there yet. I still think I see signs of the ceiling. I think his floor is just a lot lower now. And I just think Mm -hmm. that sometimes He's just going to have bad weeks and it's not that raw talent that can just get him, you know, near the top of the leaderboard anymore. I I think his floor is, is, is lower now. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Do you think he wins another major? (sighs) No. 37. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got like maybe like 15 more cracks, like real real cracks and that like gives him a lot of credit of going to like playing well at 40 and there's so many guys like there's just too many there's too many guys the the average guys are better than they've ever been the stars are better than they've ever been there's like 12 stars there's just too many guys so probably yeah okay i agree with you i'm with you uh here's the odds board so so justin thomas makes that uh bomb to get to five under par uh, and tie Roy McIlroy atop the lead. He is plus 250. Roy McIlroy holding strong is the favorite, plus 225. Sizable gap to Zalatoris and Neiman. Zalatoris is going to play this afternoon. Neiman out on the golf course right now. He's played 10 holes. Uh, Tom Hoagie, 11 to 1. Cam Smith at 18. Like, that's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, Answer... And Scheffler, or excuse me, answer and Shoffley at 22, Kucher and Fitzpatrick at 25, then a huge gap to the 50s. Anything that piques your interest here, Andy? Well, I hope it's for my wallet. I hope it's Rory and JT down the stretch, but I think the best bet on the board has to be Cam Smith because you look at his, you look at his pre-tournament number, and I think People were probably betting Cam Smith this week at 22 to 1, 25 to 1. I have to imagine he's in a better position right now to win this tournament than he was before play started. And he so, gained like a 
billion strokes on approach. He was right. great in the ball striking categories. Like it's, yeah, that's, that's a, and, and remember we had this conversation where it was like, oh, uh, this is a, a place where you've got to be, you know, good on approach or like have a really good elite short game. Uh, shouldn't this be Cam Smith's spot? It's like, yeah, it should be Cam Smith's spot. So it, like, it also is a good setup for him. So yeah, that's, that's kind of an exciting number. Yeah. And even as a big Xander guy, I think I'd much rather bet at Cam Smith at, and then I would Xander at 22. Fitzpatrick's the interesting one. The issue with this Fitzpatrick is it's like, can you bet each ways live? Because I feel like Fitzpatrick's going to finish T3. He's and like we're going to his third. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to sit here on Sunday afternoon and say, you know, if Fitzpatrick had like seven more holes, I think he would have won the PGA championship. He just would have made seven more pars. Yeah, if majors were 77 holes, Matt Fitzpatrick would win them all. Unfortunately, right. they, are, right. they are not. Uh, yeah, Fitzpatrick, Cam Smith, that's interesting. Um, I'm trying to think. If Rory, go, if Rory is... Oh, JT's now the favorite, plus 200. Mm -hmm. If wow. Rory shoots... Even I would, dude, I would love to go to the weekend with Rory and JT at five under or six. I don't care. Just whatever. It's like those guys tied at the top going into the weekend would put me in a lather. I have devastating news coming from the chat. I think we're looking at the wrong odds. I think those are leader end of round two. The chat is <laughs> I was wondering why they got so steep so quickly. All right. Hold on. Hold on. You crazy <laughs> Yeah, absolutely <laughs> correct. So let's try this one. Tournament winner. Live. Okay. Rory okay. and JT. Yeah, Cam, I love it. Yeah. Three to okay. one. Neiman. Okay. Forget everything we just talked about. Neiman. <laughs> 10 to one. Cam Smith and Will Zaltors, 11. Okay. That makes more sense. Xander and Fitzpatrick, 14. The, I, I was wondering why Hoagie was still so short on the. I was like, wow, that's a lot of respect for Hoagie with three rounds to go. I was. <laughs> that's what threw me off hoagie at 28 victor at 35 with abe answer okay so now now uh, we're in patrick number is 14 to 1 that cam smith is 11 to 1 that makes more sense what's john rom at just out of curiosity 50 okay that's the best bet on the board what's he at in the tournament right now he's plus one i think uh I see him at plus two, but I don't know. Oh, really? Okay. Well, plus two over. So he's one under right. today. You're two right, over Rex. the tournament. He's got a couple holes. What? And you know, maybe makes other birdie come in. He gets the one over. I mean, yeah. I mean, if it's going to get hard, oh, and it's likely going to get harder on the weekend, right? Or at least they're going to try to ramp it up with pin positions and stuff like that. I haven't certainly. looked Saturday. The, Saturday certainly. Yeah, I haven't looked at the weather forecast. Like fifty to one, John Rom. Yeah. Um. Last question for you. Um, more staying power, in your opinion. Like, who are you least surprised with if they finish, like, top eight or nine on Sunday? Davis Riley or Mito Pereira? God. If you would have asked me this a month ago, I probably would have said Mito. T today, I think I say Riley. T he found okay. something. Like, Riley found mm -hmm. something. He legitimately, yeah. he's been great. I don't know what what it is, but he's a very calm, cool, collected type character. And he is in the midst of a run that has seen himself 
on the top of a lot of leaderboards, and he does not have to think far uh, to to bank into some of that confidence if he was T8 on Sunday, right? Heading into the back nine. I I I think it's I think it's Riley. Love them both. Hope I've played a lot of both of them, so I'm hoping I'm hoping that they both have some staying power. But I think Riley is my answer. Mm. I think I'd probably go with Mito just because I think his floor feels a little bit higher because the ball striking is so good. Um, I hope the answer to that question is C. Aaron Wise. Honestly, <laughs> right? Like I, <laughs> Wise. I played. I played. I don't have any Riley. I do have a lot of Mito, and I do have a lot of Wise and Hoagie. Um, what's my guy, the Prince of Shinnecock at just sneaking around there. Plus one, Tommy Fleetwood, just hanging oh, was, around, hanging around. I saw he was, uh, he was having a good day. Okay. So bad even, side yep, of the draw. Yeah. He is. Oh my God. I'm still scrolling 125 to one. It's a bet. Just sneaking around. <laughs> It is a hanging bet. around, just beating his bad side of the draw, just beating his side of the wave by like three shots. Just he's, he's he's sneaking around there. He'll be just wait till the playing field gets a little bit level on Saturday. Supered up, tough conditions tomorrow. He'll he'll be around there. He'll be sneaking around. John Daly, one thousand to one. In case you're interested in burning some money, that's available. did you did you see the um. I know we got to get out of here. Did you see the, uh, I, it might've been your boys over at Circa. I can't remember what sports book it was, but they had daily tiger round two matchup. Tiger was like minus 400, but they put them matched up together, which is like, did you notice that prize picks is throwing daily stuff at us too? prize? It's like all the best players in the world. And then John daily stuff too, which to their credit, they had that up like, all week long for his first round stuff. And I, I was like, this is random. And then of course he goes out nearly Eagles. The first hole gets under par very, very quickly. I'm like, holy crap. But yeah, I saw that. It's, it's, it's the top players in the world and John Daly. <laughs> wasn't it like, wasn't the over under for, for round one with Daly? Wasn't it like 80? <laughs> yeah. He beat it by like 12 strokes. It was like 83. I was like, take the over, no chance. He's like, he, he's like two under through nine. I'm like, holy crap, there's no path to me. There's like zero path to him going over this number. Um, yeah. Okay, last, I said this a million times, yeah. but seriously, last question. Friday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific time, who wins the PGA Championship? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so first of all, just to be clear, the top four on the leaderboard right now are McElroy, Thomas, Neiman, Zalatoris. I am foaming at the mouth. Um, no, I will say Justin Thomas. I don't know how I feel about it, but listen, I know Rory wants this and it's not a one situation. I think Thomas kind of needs it. And I think he really wants it. And it's we've gone too long. We've gone too long without a win. He's got he's got to win something. He's been knocking on the door. He's playing great. I'll take Justin Thomas. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I would love. I would be so happy with either. Those are my two guys this week. Um, 
I think I have to I have to stick with my Rory over Xander in a playoff prediction as long as I can until it's completely inconceivable. So that's what I'm going to stick with. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Right. That's exactly right. Exactly right. All right, Andy. Uh, A lot of fun as always. Uh, You can follow Andy on Twitter. It's at ADP Lack Sports. You can find me at Rick Rungood. This has been your Friday scramble for the PGA Championship. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck.